Welcome back to Held and Healed. This is a podcast that is a resource filled with resources to especially help women on their healing journeys. There are many women that I interact with and I communicate with on a daily basis who are recovering from spiritual abuse, domestic violence, childhood abuse, sexual abuse, and I want this to be a place where people can come and learn about the realities of the systems of abuse and the patterns of abuse, but then also glean from resources to help them on their healing journey. Today, I want to tackle a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. It is something that I have had to learn and grow in immensely in the past five years, and I just want to share some of the things that I have learned and pass them on to other women who are rebuilding their lives, body, mind, and spirit. So this topic, get ready, brace yourselves, don't roll your eyeballs. This is the topic of self-care. And I know this topic can be um, misrepresented and overused. The term can be overused and is kind of a tired term. But we're going to be talking today about self-care in the realm of taking care of your body, your mind, your spirit. Way more than just eating some chocolates and taking a bubble bath. Way more. Even though those things can be part of it, um, this is going to be a much deeper discussion about self-care. I would love to give you permission today to care for yourself. If you are a woman who is recovering from abuse, if you're a woman who is just weary and tired from all the battles of life, if you're a woman who is in ministry and you take care of everyone, but you rarely take care of yourself, if you are a wife, a mother, a grandmother who is taking care of multiple generations of people, but you never take time to breathe, this is for you. So first and foremost, I want to say that self-care is not selfish. So let's just remove that from our thinking. Self-care is helping you to be strong in your body, your mind, and your spirit so that you can show up for the people that you love. And you cannot do that if you are going full throttle 24-7. God did not create us to be wide open 24-7. He didn't. There are so many references in the word that tell us to be still, that tell us to rest. God himself, when he was creating the world, the creator of the universe, took time to rest. Jesus gave us the example when he would steal away to rest and to be alone with the Father. So if God and his son Jesus needed time to rest, why in the world do we think that we can go day after day, night after night, working till midnight, waking up until, you know, waking up at five or six in the morning and just going at it again hard? Why do we think that we can do that if God himself gave us the example of taking a break and he commanded it? So first and foremost, self-care is not selfish. We've all heard this little analogy, but I'm going to say it again. You cannot pour from an empty cup. It's just science. It just doesn't work. We need to be refilling our cup by doing things that fill our minds and our bodies and our spirits and strengthen our bodies and our minds and our spirits so that we can then have something to pour into the lives of other people. Excuse me. The other example that we hear often 
Maybe it's a little bit tired as well, but I'm just going to say it again because sometimes I think we need to hear things many times before it sinks in. You need to put your own oxygen mask on before you should be helping other people. So they teach you this when you get onto an airplane and they do that little spiel at the beginning (laughs) and they say you need to put yours on and then you can begin to attend to the needs of other people. Because if you don't have your oxygen mask on, you're going to lose the ability to breathe and then you won't be able to help anybody else. The same is true for us in everyday life. We need to be fueling our tanks before we go to try to help anyone else fuel their tank. So another um, thing that really helped me to get some clarity and to get motivated with this regard is when I started counseling and my counselor looked at me and she said, Heather, the greatest gift that you can give to your children is your own healing. So I was like, oh, well, this isn't just about me because I may have felt guilty for taking the time to go to counseling. I may have felt guilty for spending the money to go to counseling, the energy it takes to go to counseling. But the end goal was for me to get better and to be healed and whole so that I could be there for my kids and for my future grandchildren and the generations to come. So if you need to be motivated um, by that, that it's not just for you, although it, you are important, you are valuable, you are worthy of that time and that investment. Think about what you're going to be able to give to your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren if you take the time to get better and heal in every way. She also told me that her most common demographic of clients is women who are in their mid-30s to mid-40s. And that is simply because we have been juggling all these balls. We've been balancing all these plates. We've been running all these races, wearing all these hats for so many years. And we get to a point in our mid-30s, early 40s, mid-40s, somewhere in there, that 10-year span of time, where we simply cannot do this anymore. A lot of us are dealing with chronic illness, which we are learning um, can come from years and years of trauma. And we cannot physically keep doing all the things anymore. So her most common demographic is ages 30, mid-30s to mid-40s. And that is the reason. Another analogy that I love that helped me to understand um, self-care more fully is the idea of a houseplant. So those of you who are good with houseplants, you'll get this. Those of us who kill houseplants will also get this. (laughs) I am in the camp of um, anything that grows in soil. I just can't keep it alive. So I have this amazing tower garden thing that runs on aeroponics. I think that's right. It's not hydroponics. It's aeroponics. And I can grow things in that bad boy. But anything that goes into a pot with soil within a short period of time, Heather will kill it. So think about a house plant. And you walk into the house. Maybe you've been gone for a few days. And you walk into the house and your plants are droopy. So you get them water. You get them near a light source. You may put something in the soil to nourish it. We would do that for a house plant, but do we do that for ourselves? And so I want to challenge you today to give yourself at least the value and the worth of a house plant. <laughs> you are worth way more than a house plant. 
But if a house plant needed attention, you would give it the attention it needs. You would see with your eyes that it was drooping and sagging and dying, and you would move to action to get it the water, to get it the sunlight, to get it the um, nutrients and the nourishment that it needed. Do at least that much for yourself, my dear sister. So I think about self-care as just baseline habits that we need to implement in our lives. So let's think first and foremost about how much sleep are we getting? You can actually go for days and days and days without food. You cannot function at a good level and be sane without sleep. If you go days and days, weeks and weeks, months and months without sleep, you are going to be in a lot of trouble physically, mentally, in every way. So I want you to think about how much sleep are you getting right now? And is that sleep deep? Is it restful? I have heard it said that the hours before midnight, for some reason, they count as two hours. So my best hours, and I will be completely transparent and say to you right now, I'm not doing this right now. I need to get back to this. My best hours of sleep, if I'm going to get optimal sleep and feel rested in the morning, the best plan of action for me is 10 to 6. And those hours, 10 to midnight, count as two. Just better sleep, deeper sleep. If you don't go to sleep until after midnight, you are um, chipping yourself. So I know some of you work shift work and it's just not even possible. And so my hope and my prayer is that you can find a job that is daylight. Um, I have some loved ones who have to do the, the flipping back and forth days and nights. It's horrible. It just does awful things to your body. So my hope and my prayer is that more and more jobs will allow for the daylight hours. But 10 to 6 is my best if I fall asleep by 10 o'clock and I sleep through the night, I am ready to roll by six. It doesn't happen often, but those are my best hours. So are you getting at least are you getting at least six to eight hours of sleep at night? That's my first question to you. Do you get some other um, opportunity for rest or downtime during the day? A lot of us past age 40 especially need some downtime. So just, you know, if you get a lunch break, if you can set a timer on your um, phone and take like a 15 minute, shut your eyes and just rest, wake back up, go at it. So those are really important. Nutrition. So I cannot um, stress this enough how important nutrition is. So for those of you who know my story, I apologize if you're hearing it again. But for those of you who don't, I just want to share a little bit about what happened in my life that was the wake-up call. So I spent probably the better part of 20-some years with just not optimal health. I was forever catching everything and anything. So flu, bronchitis, strep, pneumonia, stomach bugs, um, just would catch one thing, recover from it. A couple months or weeks later, I would catch it again. I, at one point in my life, had pneumonia three times in a year and a half, and it would take me a good six months just to recover. So basically, I was sick and weak for that entire year and a half. My respiratory system was just blitzed out. My immune system was completely shot. I also, when my kids were small, we were just constantly passing all the viruses, <coughs> excuse me, 
and all those things around. So it felt like we were always dealing with one thing after another. So even though we didn't have anything diagnosed, anything that was chronic, anything that was um, on the charts, like as a pre-existing condition, we were just not well. And then in 2014, I was introduced to a brand of essential oils that changed my life. So I began using Thieves essential oil for my um, immune system and then lavender, lemon, and peppermint for my um, respiratory system. And the combination of those four oils together strengthened my immune system, strengthened my respiratory system, and I had the healthiest year the year of 2015, I had the healthiest year that I had probably had in 20 years, I'm guessing. Then at the end of 2015, I was stricken with the Zika virus. I was on a mission trip in another country and I got that virus. And what we understand now is that it went inside my body and it woke up all kinds of other things inside my body. I had had malaria when I was younger from another mission trip. Um, I had had multiple parasites from the time that I lived in Haiti. I had Epstein-Barr, mono. Those things just kind of hang out in your gut. And they, don't, they don't leave. If you are taking care of your body, they can go into dormancy, but they just hang. 90-some percent of all disease starts in the gut. So if we treat our gut and we take care of our gut and we put good things in our gut, we can begin to heal. I did not know that in 2015. I did not understand that concept. I was just one sick mama. No doctors wanted anywhere near me. So not only was I sick, but I was scared because this was a virus that we didn't know anything about. I had some you know, understanding of maybe where it came from, but there was no like long-term studies about where it was going to go and what it was going to do to me long-term, similar to what we are facing right now in our world. Just didn't know what the long-term effects of this virus were going to be. And so I searched and searched for a doctor and did not find anyone for another year and a half that would help me. And when I found this particular doctor, she also confirmed that I had Lyme I had hypothyroidism, which I had suspected for many, many years, but my tests and my blood work always came back and said that I didn't, but I knew that I did. I had adrenal issues. I had um, neuropathy. My legs burned, like the prickly feeling that you get when you have been outside in the cold and you've played in the snow for an hour and you come inside and your body's beginning to warm up and you have like that pens and needle feeling in your legs and it's just burned. My legs burned like that for almost eight hours every single day. And I feel like there's something else that I'm forgetting, but I had brain fog. I had fatigue. I had joint pain. Those were all connected to the Zika and or the Lyme. And so this doctor began working with me on all kinds of, um, machines that she had in her, in her, office and she is the one that began to talk to me about gut health and put me on the autoimmune protocol diet. It changed my life. Now I'm on a modified version. I've added back whole foods, but I focus on whole foods, dairy-free, gluten-free. Um, and this I have been doing for four, four years. I also introduced three years ago, I introduced the whole concept of intermittent fasting, which is amazing because it gives your body a break and time to rest and heal. 
And so I am attempting right now the 18 and 6 version. So there's only 6 hours a day. I think that's right. That I eat. I'm trying to eat between noon and 6. Or between 11 and 5. That's kind of my, my window. And then I give my body the rest of that time to heal, to rest, and to recover. So those are some things. She also um, gave me two different stem cell therapies. And then about a year after working with her, I was introduced to another doctor who does amazing work with um, testing reactions to allergies in foods and environmentals and personal care products and supplements and all the things that I am exposed to on the daily. And then she uses acupuncture to treat whatever I'm reactive to. And usually within one to two treatments, I'm totally clear of that thing that I was reacting to. So these are some of the things that I have had to do just to be whole and to be well and to fight for my health. So when I say that I have taken self-care to a whole new level, I am not kidding you. I have had to focus for the last four years on my health because I know that if I don't, that I am never going to recover and I'm not going to be the person that I want to be. I'm not going to be the mama that I want to be. I'm not going to be able to show up for my kids and love on them and be here for the long haul if I don't take care of myself. So nutrition, that was all like a huge part of my story. Nutrition is really, really important. And I actually have another Facebook group. It's called the Happy Hippie Healthy Hangout. So I will link that in the show notes as well. And that's where we discuss removing toxins. We discuss whole foods recipes um, and just some of the things that I've learned along the way that have helped me in my journey. So nutrition, sleep, rest, supplements. Okay, it's really important that you get supplements that your body needs. And my doctor is so amazing because she can test me each month and tell me, which things I'm deficient in, and what dosage of the vitamins that I need. And she also has introduced me to a specific brand that we believe is pure and a good quality. So if you want suggestions about brands, please feel free to reach out to me in the Happy Hippie Healthy Hangout because that's something we discuss in there. But supplements are really important. Even if you eat healthy foods, Foods that are grown now do not have the quality of nutrients that they did 200 years ago. So we need to supplement with these other vitamins to get what we need. Hydration. So you need to take, as kind of a baseline, this is not always the rule, but it's a good place to begin. Take your body weight, divide that in two, and drink that number of ounces. So if you weigh 160 pounds, 80 ounces of water is a good is a good goal. I don't drink quite as much as what I should, but um if you're getting water in other other things throughout the day as well. And if you exercise excessively or you work and you sweat excessively, like you're going to need more water than that. But that's just sort of a a generic baseline. Take your body weight, divide that by 2 and drink that number in ounces per day. It's also really good to add Lemon essential oil, lemon juice um, from a fresh squeezed lemon that will help with detoxification as well. Uh, Movement. This is an area where I am not 
doing well, and I will be honest about that. So I am trying to do three um, Pilates sessions per week. I have a friend who offers that online. So again, if you join the Happy Healthy Hippie group, I can um, introduce you to my friend and you can purchase her online monthly courses. It's a great way to have access to workouts that you can pick and choose when you do them. So the next goal for me is to add some walking to the Pilates. So I need to start doing something to get moving and get some muscle tone because I lack that and it is time to start focusing on more movement, but whatever like you love to do. Some of you are very, very proficient in working out and doing, you know, weightlifting and all kinds of, of really incredible things. But for some of us, for most of us, just doing Pilates or walking a couple miles a week is a great place to start. So start somewhere and build up. Movement is so important. Another realm of self-care is learning to say no. You can do this. I promise you can do this. I remember when we started homeschooling the boys and they were very little. That was a season of my life that it became very easy to say no. I needed to focus on my kids. I needed to focus on the new routine. And so I was able for that year to say no to pretty much everything across the board. I find that when I say no Across the board, it just gets really easy to say no. But I also find that when I start to say yes again, it's the same snowball effect the other direction. I say yes to one thing, and then all of a sudden, I'm saying yes to many things. So I've heard it said that no, when you're asked to do something, the word no is an answer. Just no. But for me, that just doesn't cut it. I need something a little softer. No feels a little abrupt to me. It feels a little bit like almost rude. That's just me. So someone taught me about a year or two ago to use this phrase, I'm not available. I love that so much. I'm not available. I'm not available may mean that I'm taking a bubble bath. I'm not available may mean that I'm having open heart surgery. But you do not have to go and explain beyond, I'm not available. I am learning to set boundaries in the season that I am in in life, I am recovering from yet another form of Lyme. I was just recently told that I have. And so my energy level is very, very low. And I need to protect my energy. I need to protect my mental space. I need to protect my emotions. I need to protect my physical body. And so I have to set boundaries in how many conversations I have per day, per week, how many um, even like messaging back and forth, texting people? Because a lot of the people that come to me are in full-blown crisis mode. And so I have learned the beauty of staying in my lane. Another advocate recently used that analogy and said that she, she stays in her lane. And she used all these hashtags. She's like, hashtag not a therapist. Hashtag not a lawyer. Hashtag not a social worker. Hashtag not God. <laughs> I love and have found so much freedom in knowing what I am and what I'm not called to. I am an advocate. I'm a networker. I'm a connector between needs and resources. I am not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I am not 
trained in the law. I am not trained in being able to protect people physically, but I can point people to the resources. So there's so much freedom that comes in knowing that, but I do almost daily get requests for phone calls or conversations online, and I have to know what my limitations are. So while I am facilitating this online group that has um, like 620 some ladies in it, you know that the opportunity is great and the need is great, but I could not facilitate that group if I thought I was responsible to fix, heal, cure, save, rescue anybody. That's not my job. I cannot fix, heal, save, rescue, cure anybody. That's not my responsibility. But what I can do is say, hey, I just read an article recently, or I just saw a book recently, or I just became aware of this resource. Check it out. That's what I can do. And I can do that all day. And I love to do that all day long. So staying in your lane and knowing the thing that God has called you for to and created and crafted you for, and then just being able to um, send people the direction of other people that you trust that do operate in these other realms and areas of expertise. It is so freeing. Another sweet friend of mine said that she has learned to say, as long as what I'm being asked to do aligns with my giftings, my passions, my availability, and my energy. Wow. I love that. That's how she kind of weeds out the requests that she gets for activities and commitments and different things that she's asked to do. She just takes it and looks at it through the angle of, does this align with my gifting, my God-given giftings? Does this align with the passions in my heart? Does it align with my availability? Does it align with the energy that I have right now? Because she also is battling chronic illness and many of us are. And so we need to even state to people when we make a commitment, I have learned to say this, as long as I'm feeling well, God willing, I'll be there. But if I'm not feeling well, you are my friend and I hope you will understand that I just can't come if I'm not feeling well. And the real friends will understand that. I have one friend that we make plans to get together and probably eight or nine times out of 10, we cancel because one or both of us just do not feel well physically. We usually follow up with some texting back and forth, maybe a phone call, but the actually getting to a place, getting dressed, getting in the car, driving somewhere, being out in public, most of the time that's really, really hard on our bodies and we just can't. But because we love one another and because we're both rebuilding our lives after all this chronic disease, we have an understanding with each other. We don't get offended. We don't um, take it personally. We know that if she did feel better, she would come. She knows that if I felt better, um, I would be there. And there's just an understanding that we have. So boundaries are a great way. And I'm going to do probably a full podcast on setting boundaries soon because This is an area that I am learning and growing in, and I know that a lot of women out there need some tips and some pointers. But for today, saying no is awesome. Saying I'm not available. And in our minds, as we're working out which things we're going to commit to and which things we are going to pass on, look at how it aligns with our giftings, our passions, our availability, and our energy. So those are just some teasers on the boundary topic that we will get more 
deeply into later. Another form of self-care is having safe community. So I know this is a tough one, and this also will be a topic at a later date that will be a full um, podcast of by itself. But just for safe community, um, let's go with quality over quantity. If you have one or two people that you really feel that you can be yourself with, that you really feel that you can be genuine with, that you feel that you can be honest and say it like it is without fear of judgment and condemnation at the same time that that other person will also um, help you when you're beginning to wallow and you're beginning to drown in self-pity. There's There are certain people that have earned that right to speak that over us. Just a general person who hasn't invested in us, a general person who has not walked with us a couple miles into the deep parts of trauma and recovery and all the things that we've walked through, they don't have the right to tell us to snap out of it. But if it's somebody who has really walked with us and loves us and we've given them the permission to say, hey, when you see me wallowing, when you see me being stuck in this place, please help pull me out. They can do that with compassion. They can do that with understanding because they've walked with us through the hard things. So um, I don't believe that just the average person who you just rub shoulders with at church or small group has the right to speak those things over you. I don't believe that. But if you've asked someone for their input and they really see you spiraling, that's very different. So, um, yeah. Another thing that I'm recovering from beyond all of the physical is um, illnesses is um, complex PTSD. And those of you who are, you know, understanding trauma and walking through that, you understand that the trauma and the years and years of abuse, it does wear on your body. And many of us who have dealt with post-traumatic stress or complex post-traumatic stress, we also do deal with a lot of chronic illness. There's a link there. So um, understanding that psychological abuse is physical abuse. So when we have been abused as children, when we've been abused as adults, it does wear and tear on our bodies tremendously. So just give yourself grace and give yourself permission to rest, to give yourself permission to heal. And then the fun, some of the fun things. So when we talk about self-care beyond the basics, then we can also begin to ask ourselves, what makes me smile? Maybe you don't even know the answer to that today. Maybe you have not smiled in a long time. What makes you laugh? What brings joy to your heart? Maybe that question right now is just really, really hard. Do not beat yourself up if you don't know the answer to that. But I just challenge you to think, okay, before this trauma happened, before this abuse started piling up in my life, what were the things that brought me joy? What were the things that made me laugh and brought a smile to my face? And this is where we're going to talk a little bit about some of the fun stuff that self-care can include. This is where we talk about, um, even though it's for your physical health, this is a little bit more luxurious. Detox baths, Epsom salts, and essential oils. Um, getting a mani-pedi. I also have in the Happy Healthy Hippie group, I have suggestions for less toxic products that you can use when you get that mani-pedi. Maybe getting your hair done, um, getting a special haircut that you that you like, or you know, I do occasionally do the highlights and the coloring. Um, again, try to use products that are 
are healthier and plant-based. Just having quiet time. Quiet time. What a luxury, right? What a luxury. Just having time to let your brain take a break. Does that feel awkward? (laughs) Does that feel really uncomfortable? We need quiet time. Learning to do calming breathing. To calm ourselves. Reading a book for fun, not just for learning purposes. Taking a nap. We talked about that earlier. Doing Pilates and stretching out our bodies and just helping our bodies to be stronger. Meditation. Massage. Massage, again, is one of those things that's really for your health. But unfortunately, a lot of our insurance companies will not cover it. But I am committing to getting a regular detox massage. The raindrop technique, again, that uses lots and lots of essential oils and helps to detox all the yucky stuff out of my body. Setting and keeping your doctor's appointments. That's really, really important. I have been working with my doctor to help several of my friends receive the same treatments that I have been blessed and honored to have. And in the near future, she and I are going to begin offering thermal breast exams in our community. So just another way that we can take care of our bodies and make our health a priority. If you like to paint, if you like to draw or any other form of artwork, if you like to put puzzles together, if you like to take hikes or do really intense workouts, what is it that motivates you, revs you up, get your juices flowing, and helps you just to feel alive. Think about that and then decide that you're going to once a week do that thing. Get together with safe friends, go out for coffee, go out for lunch or dinner. Here in Virginia, we are doing monthly um, ladies nights out just for the fellowship aspect to get together with like-minded sisters and have time to laugh and connect and, you know, just breathe our own oxygen free of all the kiddos and all the responsibilities. If you um, are nearby and you're listening to this before September the 1st, uh, you're welcome to join us at our Held and Healed first annual retreat here in Virginia. And you can contact me for more information. That is going to be a weekend that is full of learning and information, learning about the systems of abuse, learning about resources, Uh, learning about spiritual abuse and how to um, begin to take God at his word and understand his character and his heart and what he really meant by scriptures versus the way that certain passages have been used to beat us up and to shut us up. And we're going to also have a good chunk of time on Saturday for free time. So the women can go back to their hotels, their Airbnbs, their homes, and they can rest if they would like. We're going to have chair massages and an art project and Pilates. Some are going to take a hike or go downtown and just, you know, look at the different restaurants and shops that are downtown. So we just want to show by example, even during the retreat, how important and how vital self-care is by giving women the opportunity. For some women, this will be the first time they've been able to take a nap in years. In years. For some women, it'll be the first time that they've been able to just have a whole weekend away from their kiddos, to just have some mom time, to invest in their own health, and make themselves a priority. So self-care is something I am really, really passionate about, 
I feel like God took me on the journey that he took me on so that I could learn to take care of myself, but then I could turn around and teach other women how vital, how important this is. So I say again, you are worth it. You are worth the time and the energy and the investment it takes to get yourself well. It is not selfish to care for yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup and you must put your own oxygen mask on before you start to help others put theirs on. You are more important than a house plant. <laughs> if you would take care of your house plant, please take care of yourself. So I hope that this is not um, overwhelming. I hope that this is liberating. I hope that this just gives you a chance to inhale, exhale, to understand how precious, how valuable you are. I think it's amazing that you're still here. I think it's amazing that you haven't given up. I think it's amazing and miraculous that everything you have walked through in your life, that you are still here to tell about it. And I want you to have a long and healthy life on this earth. And you can literally begin to reverse the aging process by taking care of yourself. When I look at photos of myself from 10 years ago and the thick of the abuse and the thick of sickness and the thick of the trauma, and I look at a picture of myself now, I look younger now than I did 10 years ago. By It's very, very much so. And I see this over and over. We did a before and after um, photo thing in our group this week. And I saw that for so many women, how they look younger now than they did five years ago, younger than they looked 10 years ago because they're getting healed and they're getting free and they're being liberated and they're starting to see their value and their worth. And it shows in the eyes is where it shows first. So I would love to see more before and afters of my sisters who are coming out of the fire and the flames of abuse and coming to the other side and experiencing the healing and the restoration and the rebuilding that comes through Jesus. So you're welcome to join us, ladies, at the Happy Healthy Hippie Hangout on Facebook. I will link that in the show notes. You're also welcome to join us at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. And then if you are a leader and you would like to reach out to me for some other information, you're welcome to message me on my website, which is heatherelizabeth.org. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And thank you for choosing today to make yourself a priority and to practice some self-care. Blessings to you. Mm-hmm.